freedom 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 over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome this is unsolicited perspectives i am your host bruce anthony thank you for listening and watching wherever you get your podcast and video podcast subscribe share like comment and rate us you can find us on instagram youtube and twitch at unsolicited underscore perspectives on twitter and tiktok at unsolicited underscore per watch us live every thursday night 7 30 p.m eastern on youtube and twitch our audience continues to grow with each and every episode and i humbly thank you on today's episode i'll be interviewing one of my oldest and dearest friends Megan Meertens. She's a mother, special educator, and she's traveled all over the world. So we're going to get into a little bit of conversation about that. But first things first. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Bruce Anthony here, and welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Perspectives. Today, I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind lately, the importance of staying hydrated and taking care of ourselves. Whether it's prioritizing our health and wellness or gearing up for festival seasons or just gearing up for whatever season or time of year, there's one brand that's been my go-to for all things hydration, Liquid IV. Speaking of health and wellness, let's dive into how Liquid IV can fuel your well-being. Imagine starting your day off right, feeling refreshed and energized. Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier is the missing piece in your daily routine. With just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. It's perfect for those early mornings, pre-workout boosts, moments when you're just feeling run down, or even after a late night or long flights. I absolutely love how convenient Liquid IV is. The packaging makes it easy to bring with me wherever I go. And let me tell you, it's become vital daily part of my routine. The flavors, (laughs) let me tell you something, they're incredible. From refreshing sea berry and strawberry lemonade to classics like lemon lime and watermelon, there's a flavor for every preference. It's like a burst of hydration with a hint of deliciousness. Picture this. One stick of liquid IV mixed in 16 ounces of water, hydrating you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. And with 12 mouth water and flavors, you'll never get bored with your hydration routine. Plus, liquid IV is packed with five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course, vitamin C. It's also made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. This is hydration at its finest, but it doesn't stop there. Liquid IV believes that access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. That's why they partner with leading organizations finding innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. It's incredible to know that Liquid IV has already donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. They truly walk the talk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code unsolicited at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code unsolicited at liquidiv.com. Remember, folks, taking care of ourselves should always be a priority. So why wait? Head over to liquidiv.com, pick your favorite flavors, and experience hydration like never before. Stay refreshed, stay hydrated and keep rocking those unsolicited perspectives. Hello, and I'm here with Megan Meritans. I'm not going to lie to you guys out there. This is a long-term friend of mine. I've known her since college. She knew me back when. Uh, She's traveled all over. She's lived in several states, several countries, has three beautiful children, a special educator, and after begging and pleading for months, six months total, to get her on the show to tell me about her and to to interview her about her incredible life and her journey since college. She finally agreed and she's on now. Welcome, Megan. Thanks for having me. I mean, yeah, I've only been trying to do this since like November. Well, in all honesty, my life has been kind of falling apart. So I mean, we don't need to put I'm all back, your business I'm out back, there. I'm back <laughs> to the land of the living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to put all your business out there. The people out there don't need to know that. 
you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about some other stuff, but not that. Uh, <laughs> now, now I'm going to be getting DMs and emails. So what's going on in Megan's life? None of your damn business. That's what. <laughs> that's, that's what. This is my friend for over 20 years. And we're going to talk about good stuff. But the first thing that I want to get into is even though I've known you for a long time, I don't know much about your background. So can you tell us a little bit, share a little bit about your background, your upbringing? I know that you're from Maryland, you know, that Montgomery County area. Uh, did grow, What growing up in that area and with your family, how did that influencing your parenting and your teaching approach and did it at all? Um, I think a little bit. So I was born and raised in Montgomery County while I was born in D.C., and I lived in Gaithersburg pretty much my whole life, except for two years. My family lived in Ireland. I am the baby baby of my family, um, the youngest of five. And they, my siblings are 8, 10, 12, and 14 years older than me. So <laughs> very much the baby. Um, but I loved growing up in Gaithersburg. And I think that that has kind of had a huge impact on me just as a person. I grew up in a very diverse area. So I think that really... Um, I've always been around a lot of different people. And then as an adult moving, I've traveled the world. I lived for three years in the Netherlands with my kids and um, their father. So I've now lived in three countries. I've lived in four states. So I think that that has a, like, I can see people for who they are and kind of meld in or like kind of chameleon in with other people. So I think it's really important to kind of learn about people and realize like everybody has different journeys. And did that influence you at all with how you parent your children and how you work with the kids that you teach? I think like with my own kids, like I always have, um, and I know this will come up. Um, my kids are multiracial. So I am white. My Their father is uh black and Indian, and he's actually Guyanese. So they're first generation Americans on their dad's side because he wasn't born in this country. I didn't even know um, that. <laughs> um, so like he immigrated here when he was eight. So I've really always told them and my one of my children is very white presenting everyone. If, if you're white, if you're not white, most people know she's not all white. Um, but I think I've always told them they are all lighter. And I've always kind of talked with them about like our job as global citizens is to like reach across the aisle and always make sure everybody has space at a table. So I really like have to, as like a white woman, have had to really learn about race, learn about their experiences, learn about their father's experience. And I think that also plays in my teaching. I I teach in a very diverse area and there are a lot of different understandings of education and so I really try to like meet my families where they are and um, really collaborate. I think it's super important that like parents know or guardians, I try to not say parents so that I usually say to my kids, they're grownups at home because we mm. never know what their life looks like. Right. Um, and so just kind of making sure that they know that I am on their side and mm. the side that, that I'm on is their kid's side. And we, will always work together. So I think it's super important to like, make sure that we're collaborating as much. And I teach my kids that they've, um, you know, and just speak up, they are really, really um, vocal at school <laughs> and everywhere. Um, and we have a lot of really good debates now that they're teens. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's like my biggest thing is like making sure that we're really like, always trying to understand other people's perspective. A, com a constant conversation I have with my sister about this Gen Z, because they're Gen Z. Your kids are Gen Z. Yeah, I guess. Because <laughs> I don't think there's any generation after Gen Z. I think that they fit into that category. And a lot of things that, that me and my sister talk about, we give great parenting advice, the fact, despite the fact that neither one of us are parents. Um, but we were just talking about it on the last episode about obedience versus respect and how a lot of parents would back in our, our day, our parents would just say, do as I say. And you weren't really able to question that. And it's and it's cool to hear that you keep an open dialogue where your children can express themselves, because I think that's that's how you teach critical thinking. That's how you teach learning another perspective and 
digesting that and learning from it. So that's really cool, you know, but knowing you, like <laughs> I know you from back in the day, I know your kids got a mouth. Yeah. So it's really fun parenting teens, um, mm-hmm. especially teens that you've taught their entire life to speak up and speak out because it's humbling. They will tell me when I'm not doing a great job. They will tell me, <laughs> they will check me when I need to be checked. Like they are very, and it is, you have to, I think when they were younger, I was more like, okay, just do this. Like I was a lot stricter when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like a little bit neurotic. Like you can only take this box of toys out. Then they had to be cleaned up and you need to do this. Cause I told you to do this. Oh God. <laughs> but as they got older, I've actually, as much as I was in control when they were little, I've really enjoyed watching them kind of grow. And I'm going to have a senior in high school next year. So it's this whole like thing that he's going to be on his own. And I want him to start making his own decisions to start making choices that he would be proud of like himself Mm -hmm. not proud of because mom thinks he should be doing them right but um really things that like he needs to learn how to be a good man right like that's Mm -hmm. that that was my job to give him all the skills he needed so that when he leaves me he's doing the right thing and he's being a good person a good human so we talk about a lot (laughs) okay so that's interesting because i know that was probably (laughs) the goal of my parents as well was to make sure that I was a good man once I left their house and went to college. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, Megan <laughs> has known me <laughs> since college. And you and I can both honestly say that I had some serious faults uh, coming out uh, of high school and going into college, and actually coming out of college. It, how do you when trying to teach your kids this value system that you want them to maintain as they grow older, how do you reconcile with the fact that they might not get it right away? Like it might take them 40 years, for instance, before it finally clicks in their head of the person that they should be. Cause that's just evolution and growth. And I think like, I mean, I'm very upfront. I don't get things right with my kids. I, there are times I come in and I yell at them or I snap or I'm just like, just do this. Like, I've just told you to do this, just do it. Right. So a lot of that is saying, I'm not always right. I'm in my forties and I still am trying to be a good parent. And my youngest really, I mean, my oldest really grew up with me. I had him when I was a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yes. and so, you know, I am not always a great mom to him. He gets the worst of me very frequently. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of me saying, like, especially now, like, I don't have all the answers. I'm not always right. And I'm still learning and I'm still growing. Like, me going back to them when I snap and say, hey, like, I was just having a really bad day and it wasn't right for me to take it out on you. Or, like, I didn't make all the choices. We know it's a little bit crazy in college. <laughs> We will keep that off this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. We, we are not going to talk about all the stories from back in the day. Cornerstone, that's all I got to say is Cornerstone Bar and Grill. So, you know, part of being young is making those choices. But, like, I try to, like, just remind my oldest, especially my youngest. I mean, my middle is very, like, toes the line. My oldest is more like, let me test every boundary there is. Um and so I'm like, you know, you don't want to go to jail. Like, let's like keep, <laughs> keep your whatever to like not getting arrested. Right. But and he's like, not I a mean, bad kid. He's not going to get arrested. No, he, yeah. he, is a, he is a really great kid. He is really smart. He's super caring. Um, but I like say to him, he has red hair. He is light skinned and has this red hair, which he actually just chopped off. But I'm always like, everyone is going to see you. You are six, almost six, three. You have a very unique look. Anywhere in a crowd, you are going to be spotted. So you always have to kind of just be aware of your surroundings and what you're doing because people will remember you. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about those things for your choices. But ultimately, you know, if he's not going to jail, I'm doing something right. <laughs> that's that's the that's the standard. He ain't going to jail. That's all I care I mean, about. He, he no, he is really he is really a great kid. He is a great big brother. Um, he, you know, works super hard. He's a runner, and he at, right now wants to be a psych a child psychiatrist. So. I mean, he has goals and just kind okay. of keeping those goals in mind when your friends are doing silly things, you should 
just remember like you want to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important. And, uh, he's going to make bad decisions because we did. So yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, that's a good, that's a good thought process to have. Just don't go to jail. Just don't go to jail. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to call from jail where it, that's like my standard. <laughs> right. Okay. So you said you lived in the Netherlands. Can you, can you run down, obviously the U S Netherlands, what was the other country that you lived in? I lived in Ireland, but I was really little. I was, okay. I went to kindergarten in Ireland. Okay. Well, that's an experience. Um, and in the different states that you lived in here? Um, we lived in South Carolina for a really short period of time, Georgia, Louisiana, and then just Maryland. South, the South. Mm -hmm. Okay. Had, did any of your travels, speaking more specifically, like living in the Netherlands, because that's where you lived as an adult with your family, and then really living in the South? I mean, South Carolina, Georgia, and Louisiana, that's the South. Um, did did any did did any part of these travels shape your parenting? I know you said that um, being looking at everybody and being inclusive is really really important. Um, these travels, I'm sure you faced some type of adversities with biracial children. Well, triracial children, multiracial, multiracial <laughs> children in the Netherlands, the Netherlands and the South. How did you kind of navigate those waters? So the South, like we were on military bases. So a lot, like there were a lot of other families that okay. like, looked like my kids or um, had kind of similar experiences of my kids. So that was when we were in our bubble, that was fine. But when you, you know, go to the store or go other places, like I would get stopped and asked what my kids were on a regular basis. Um, when my youngest was just a baby, I baby wore. So I had her in a carrier. I mean, she was attached to me till she was probably five. She just never wanted to leave her mom. So she was just a baby and she looks like more like Latina. Like she's like got straight hair like I do and like tan skin and it's like black. So she looks, so I have her and we're at the doctor and this nurse goes to me like, oh, it's so nice that you hold her like you carry her like her people do. <laughs> And what? I, was like, I was like, what people? I've heard people. <laughs> right. Like, and, what? And, you know, so it's just like, it's, you know, a lot of that kind of thing. Like, my kids, both my two oldest have red hair. So it was a lot of like, well, where did they get the red hair from? Like, do you dye their hair? What are they? Um, people like will ask a lot of questions. So that was like more the, even, or like there would be times that, like my, their dad was with them who, and they'd be like, that, that can't be your kid. Cause he's dark. Like he's dark skin. Mm -hmm. So like, they'd be like, that's not your kid. Like, are you sure? Like when I had my son in the hospital, a nurse said to his father, like, are you sure this child is yours? Wow. And this is where? This was actually in Maryland. Oh, God. <laughs> so I mean, and it, it, it is everywhere. Like I've had, like even my daughter in, in Montgomery County, when they were at, in MCPS schools, um, one of her teachers said, oh, I saw you walking in the neighborhood. You were talking to some man. And she was like, no, I was, I was walking with my dad. She's like, no, no, you were talking to some man. And so e even in Maryland, you get that right. Mm -hmm. um, in the Netherlands, we lived in a really um, kind of a country town in the Netherlands. So there were, besides other military families, there were like no other black people. Mm -hmm. um, so it was very interesting. Like I remember going to like our first trip to Paris and um, being like, oh, wow, we're like around people again. Like mm -hmm. there's all different types of people. But I didn't think like there was a lot there. Like I didn't think that there were some, like most people wouldn't make comments. I think more comments have happened in the U.S. Mm. Um, and my kids actually went to a school that was an international school. So like my daughter's best friend was like from the Czech Republic. My son had all these like friends from, you know, Germany, from Great Britain. Um, they took German every day. So I think mm. that that like that aspect of it, that they were learning German daily, they were conversational in German was something that when we got back here, while I let the German slide, that was something I really, when they started to get to middle school and had to take a language, I said, I don't care what classes you take. It is important to me. Um, 
like the state of Maryland is actually not the state. The U.S. has a seal of biliteracy and there's different avenues to gain that. Um, one of them is taking the AP exam in whatever that language is and getting a four or five. And so I said to them, like, I don't care whatever ever classes you take, except for you pick a language and you stick with it. So that was something I thought was super important because as Americans, we know English. And yep. I think when, and, you know, I think we think that that's a superior language and that um, other people should learn it because that's what we know. And I think when we're talking about being a global citizen and being like looking across the aisle at other people, even if we're not conversational in that language, having some pieces of that language to be able to talk. So actually my son just got his AP score. So he is actually considered biliterate in Spanish. So that was okay. like something that was like, like, I think is super amazing. And he actually wants to be a polygot. So he is on to his next language. He's okay, actually trilingual. What uh, what is a polygot? I don't I don't know that. Um, someone you know like many many languages. So he's, oh, okay. he is fluent now in three languages: ASL, Spanish, and English. So I think that 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 kind of piece of my parenting has kind of made him want to be able to converse in everybody in their language, uh, their first language, and not feel like they have to be forced to learn English or speak English to him. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right, look at you out here, you know, raising the kids to be to be a little bit of everything. I like that. I, I, I mean, they I, are I, a little bit of everything. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's funny because my mom tells the story of when we moved from Illinois to Lynchburg. And my mom is, let's pull it delicately, delicately, very, very fair skin. Um, but they thought she was white. Cause she's white skinned with blue eyes, straight black hair. And me and my brother and sister at her job, they had a swimming pool, summer campus and everything. And they had never seen, they had never seen her kids. So remember, they think that she's white. <laughs> she brings these three kids here and me and my siblings very much look black, even though my <laughs> sister is light as hell. She very much doesn't look white. And they were like, well, who are these kids? And my mom was like, these are my kids. No, they're not. Did you adopt them? No, I have the scars to show you. <laughs> these are my kids. And it's just funny how we we do that as Americans, but in other countries is not like that from your experiences. I think it is like that we just were kind of in like a very insulated area like mm -hmm. and i think that there's definitely like more racism other areas like if you think about like think about the ukraine when all the bombing started in the ukraine and like how the white ukrainians were getting out but like african mm -hmm. immigrants were yeah. not they don't want to um, talk about that they don't right. want to bring so, that up yeah so i think that like you have that experience everywhere um I think we were just very insulated and there were definitely times like we would be out and like people would be pointing at the kids and my husband, uh, my husband at the time and, and me. So I think like there definitely was, but a lot, uh, most of the time people wouldn't come up to us. I think in America, people will say something because they're speaking English. Whereas in Germany, they would just speak in German and we wouldn't know what they were saying. You wouldn't know. Yeah. So they're probably <laughs> being stealth about it. Okay. So Let's go back to college. What made you choose education? My degree is actually not in education. Okay. <laughs> so my degree is actually in family studies. And um, I was going to be a social worker. And I did my internship. And I was like, I think social workers are amazing. I would never be able to leave my work at work. It would have, mm -hmm. I would have lasted maybe two years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have that little bit of that with education. I actually did not go into education because almost every one of my older siblings is an educator. Oh, and they were okay. like, don't, they were like, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Go do something else. Well, I have a sibling that's a social was a social worker and then two others that were in education. And the fourth is a sign language interpreter who worked in school. So kind of an education as well. Yeah. So they were like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then I took the LSAT and I was thinking about going to law school. Um, but I kind of at that time was dating someone and um, that wasn't really feasible at, at that time. So I was like, oh, let me do this program through PG County. Okay. And, yeah, you um, saw my face and this is like, yo, you opened the door to a question, but I'm not going to go there. Just ladies and gentlemen, just because it's my friend, I'm not going to go there. Had it been anybody else, 
I would have been like, yo, you opened the door for me to, to ask a question, but that ain't nobody's business. I'm protecting my friend. But go ahead. So you enter in PG County's program. Yes. So I did a like alternative, like alternate certification program. And mm-hmm. at that time, it was the first one in special ed, which um, my dad's younger brother had Down syndrome. So mm. and he lived with us for from middle school on. So I always like had a really super special place in my heart for kids who learned differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I went into education, like I knew that's where I wanted to be. Um so that was, I did this program. I had a baby, stayed at home for 11 years with my babies. And then now I'm back in education. So back doing that. Wait a minute. Which, which baby was this? Malachi. So when I had him. So it was your first. Yeah, I had Malachi. I kept working. And then I went actually back to work the following year. But at that time, like my then husband went back into the military and I quit mid-year to move to Louisiana. And we were in Louisiana for a couple of years. We were back in Maryland for like a year and a half. Then it just like, we were moving every two years. So mm-hmm. um, after the Netherlands, the kids and I came and stabilized here because our, our oldest was getting into middle school and we wanted to keep him you know, stable for his kind of academic growth and just socially as well. So then I just went back to work. Okay. All right. Well, that that's real good. I'm not going to. See, <laughs> see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. There's you don't, you don't so have many to. Qu- you don't have to. <laughs> okay. All right. Just to end this segment, why, why, why did things with the LSTAT not work out? You're, you're at the job that you're supposed to, you're doing now what you're supposed to be doing. But you said that you was going to be taking LSTATs and that you were studying for it. I don't ever study for tests. I took the LSATs and I actually did really, really well on them. I just, um, I was engaged and. <laughs> wait a minute. Oh no. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Did I not know this? Probably not. <laughs> I dated him for a lot of years, like six years. Uh, no, this isn't the same guy from college, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. Okay. I'm sorry. I just remember there always being the guy. I, I never met him. And look, let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I've known her for a long time. This, we were homies. Like you came to my house. I was at your house. Yeah. Like, like my family knows who you are. So it's like, I, I knew you and I never met this dude. Okay. All right. Well, he, he he was also in the military. So he was actually stationed in Georgia for most of the time I was in college. So. <clears throat> On that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're going to get to the next segment. I'm just going to end that one right here. Quit being born with your lazy ass. Just eating dinner and watching TV every night. We're going to change it up tonight. Next time, pull out a Wongo puzzle and enjoy the conversation and fun that happens when people puzzle together. Wongo is a perfect balance of good challenge without being so hard you stop talking to each other and leave your family forever. I know I'm close to that almost every time me and my family get together. Trust me, once you try Wongo, you'll never go back to that boring, old-ass jigsaw puzzle. They are 100% wooden pieces, so they'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. With stunning designs and unique shape, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I love doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have to worry about it being on the table for a week. Well, not on the table, on the floor. And definitely not for a week because crypto would mess it up. So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code unsolicited to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use code unsolicited to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. All right, we're back. And oh my goodness, if I could 
if y'all knew what the hell we was talking about during the segment break, good God. But y'all, this isn't the after hours episode. We getting, we getting back to talking about the kids, the babies. All right. So you moved around so much. Um, the kids are multiracial. We've already talked about um, how the environment was. How did they adapt to just moving so much, just being in so many different environments? Did you see them having any issues with it? Did they have any issues with it? Did issues develop later because of the constant moving? So at the beginning, like that's all they knew, right? That was Malachi, we moved to Louisiana when he was nine months old. Liliana was born in Louisiana. We moved back to Maryland before she was even a year old. And I mean, we moved so much. Malachi at this point has been in, I think, six, seven schools. And um, so I think at the beginning, like it was fine. Like they were used to it. Their friends would leave. You know, they'd make a really good friend. A year later, that friend would move. So that was something that was... um, normal for them. And I think the thing that really did help is I was always there. I Mm. was the consistent in their life. And we always like, they all have a stuffed animal, that stuffed animal, like never left their sight. They Mm. still like my 17 year old who will kill me when he hears this, he still has that lion on his bed. Like, (laughs) I mean, it is, but I joke with him. Like I knew football players in college who had like their blankets with them from when they were little. So he's all good too. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, they always had that. That traveled with us. That was their security. And I was there. Like, I was always the one, like, because I wasn't working, I was at everything. I did everything. So that was consistent. And I think that we became a really close unit as a family. Mm. I am super big on family traditions. So there is probably, you name something, some kind of time you can celebrate, there's probably a tradition in my family for it. Hmm. And so for me, that was always super important that like my kids had that consistency. Um, And then now though, like as they're older, we live in an area, like we're in Frederick County now, we live in an area people don't leave. And so my Hmm. kids now as teenagers are like, yeah, like my son's girlfriend like has had her same friend since she was in kindergarten. He's like, isn't that so weird? Like that you could have friends from kindergarten, like that. I don't, I've never known anyone longer than like six years. So I think now, like when they see that, and I think what just like even moving here, we moved here now two years ago, um, just kind of trying to get in friend groups. Like it was a little bit more difficult, but they have found in this area, some of the best friends they've ever had in their lives. They, um, we were in Montgomery County and they just still had a really hard time like making connections because they had a really different lived experience. Like Mm -hmm. they have just had a very different upbringing than the kids that were there, but, and they kind of had to figure out how to like not be army brats anymore. Right. Like, yeah. How do I, how do I get into this? But now they just have really amazing friends. They have, you know, some, and so that I think it's, they've gotten those friends, but now they're going to leave them. Like my, my son still, he's only going to have been at that school for three years. Cause he did his freshman year in Montgomery County. So mm. he still will only be three years and then go, but I'm like, well, you'll be able to always come home. Like these people are people you'll be able to see on Christmas breaks and summers and things right. like that. So I think now they like, they notice it. But um, they definitely like when we moved here, they're like, we don't ever want to move again. Like we want to be, you know, 40 years old and coming back to this house. Like we want to be bringing our kids to this house. Mm-hmm. So, so you so stuck that at that is, house. Well, let's hope. Um, yeah. So like that is definitely like something now that they like really see value in that they didn't before. When and you I think can... it's kind of. No, go ahead. I said, I think it's kind of shaped too. like my, my son, especially used to always like, Oh, I'm going to go like away for college. And now he's like, yeah, mom, I, I don't really want to be more than a couple hours for me. Like mm-hmm. it's now been like, okay, now I kind of feel like I want to be a little bit more stabilized. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can relate to like his girlfriend because you lived in the same area and had some of those same friends from elementary, middle school and high school. I mean, they, they may have changed, but like, you know, my two 
closest guy friends because you went to high school with one of them and you they known each other since they were eight years old i entered the picture yeah. when, I, when we were all 16. so but they they literally know each other since they were in elementary school and that's kind of the area now they're back in the area where they grew up just for a rundown for people that are overseas because there are people actually in the netherlands that actually listen to the show montgomery county is a county outside of dc it's a dc suburb I still say that Montgomery County is part of the DMV. The DMV is, is not your motor vehicle association. It's the district, Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. So Northern Virginia, where I live, is also considered part of uh, the DMV because I am literally five miles from the harbor. Um, and Montgomery County is a suburb. Now, Frederick, that's the country. It used to be the country. Like, oh. I mean, growing up, we called it Fredneck. Like, I, I felt like every time we would drive there, like, it was this faraway place. But I have to say, like, now they're doing so much building. It is, like, the fastest growing county in, in the state. Um, we were the only, their, their schools were the only ones that had increases in enrollment in, like, the past couple of years. So it's definitely, like, you still have the country areas. And, like, I think especially like where we live, we are, my kid's school pulls in some of those country areas. So you definitely have like a lot of um, interesting views that my kids <laughs> deal with at school. Like You could just say it. You could just say it. This is unsolicited perspective. We deal with the real raw here. I mean, and your you know, daughter, you your daughter listens to the show. So she knows we deal in real. Yeah. Go ahead and say what you want to say. Like, I mean, last year, no, yeah, last school year, like there were people, there's apparently this pretend whipping app. Like it sounds like a whip. And they were like doing it towards black classmates. Mm, like, mm, you mm, know, mm. um mm. like there's a lot of racism. Somebody didn't get their ass whooped? Didn't nobody there, get their ass whooped? No. Surprisingly, <laughs> no one got that happened. But like you like and so there's definitely like you pull in some of those country, but you also have like just a lot of like my daughter took AP US history and they had like a sheet that they were all studying on for the AP exam. So they're like all writing different answers. And like she got into an argument because somebody put like Trump is still the president, like a race <sighs> Joe Biden. And she like literally wrote on it. This is not like commented on it. This is not for your delusions. This is about facts. So <laughs> That's your like, daughter. Yeah. Yes. Oh, she is the most calm but she's not in that area she's so calm like mm. so that area is not like niche i am fiery my son is fiery um she will meticulously pick you apart um and do it so sweetly that everyone thinks she's amazing which she is but she just and i think that was that moving here was a huge shock for them because mm. when we lived in clarksburg yes there were definitely like that there were still those things, but you had those nice white people. Um, is Clarksburg considered Montgomery County? Clarksburg is Montgomery County. It didn't used to be. Okay, it's always been Montgomery County. It just I don't always know about felt that. like it was just the boonies when we grew up. Yeah, that there was I, just farmland there when we were growing up. Yes, because that's further north than my parents' old house in Germantown, <laughs> which we we thought we was like, oh, we in the country. <laughs> like yes. in the well, country. all that area all that area was the country when it we was. were in high school um but i think like really like you had those still those nice white people like i'm liberal you have those those white women that say they're you know liberal but vote for trump like outwardly they get along whereas in frederick you don't have that so much you definitely have pockets of of people that are like nope I've been in Frederick my whole life. My grandparents have been in Frederick our whole life. We are diehard and we don't like your kind. Um, mm, okay. and, they're, and, and they're more willing to say it. And um, my kind of kids' experience in the schools has been most of the teachers kind of don't care. There's no kind of, um, like my youngest got called a monkey at school. Um, and I emailed the principal I wanted to sit down with her and it was just kind of like she brought in like five girls and it kind of was like oh well you just kind of looked like one so we called you one but there was no discussion of like that's not acceptable to call someone that especially someone 
who is black. Like that is not okay. And so like nobody knew how to deal with that. So like the educators don't know how to have those conversations and aren't comfortable having those conversations. So it just kind of just like goes by the wayside. Hmm. When you get rid of diversity and inclusion, you know, seminars to help teachers and educators, this is what you get. This inability to uh, moderate conversations between young people who are just plain ignorant, because that's all it is. These kids are ignorant. They don't know anything. They don't have any life, true, true, true life experiences yet. They just know what, not to say the kids aren't, their kids nowadays are smarter than we were despite the fact what the boomer generation wants to say they <laughs> right like I, I i have a a boomer client and she works for nasa and she's just like this young generation isn't smart and i was like yeah they do some dumb stuff however they can program stuff at a much younger age than engineers were doing in the 80s right like that type of technology advancement they they gain it quicker so in that regard they're smarter so i don't want to disregard and say that they aren't cultured and enlightened and more aware than what we are but their life experiences is still kind of a bubble as opposed to the real world and i think right your parents shape your view and i think especially like when we're talking about white parents like we're white people aren't comfortable talking about race. We've never had to be like, we can live in a world where race never impacts us. I don't have to think about it. So I don't need to talk about it. Like, and I think that's very like almost every day we're talking about race at my house. Like we're reading books. We're like having these very in-depth conversations. We're talking about things that like they're, they've heard at school, but an average white family doesn't need to do that. Because well, race will it, never impact their life. Because race impacts your life on a day-to-day yes. basis. Because you're the mother of multiracial children and they're multiracial. So, yeah, you have to have those conversations. And, Whereas, I think that, yeah. and I think that that has really, like, as an educator, like, made me, like, a mom of multiracial kids has made me an even more anti-racist educator. I mm. always want to be the person that I wish was my kid's teacher. So when I think a story is in a, is going to be damaging, like if we're going to read a fairy tale and it's about Snow White and her skin is so beautiful because she's so white, like that's not appropriate. Like we're not going to have this because what is that sending? What message is that sending to everyone whose skin is not super white? And hmm. I wouldn't want that read in my kid's classroom because I wouldn't want them to ever feel less than. I wouldn't ever want another parent's child to feel less than. And so I think for me, like, you know, I'm fiery. I think that that's been an area where I've super, like I've had to grow. Like I get really annoyed. Like, why don't you just get it? Why do, like, if I say this to you, why don't you just listen to me to other educators? And that's not helpful, right? If I'm going like all, you know, all speed ahead, I'm, that's not going to get anybody to stop and think. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think I've really had to be like very intentional with my conversations at work um, or my conversations with my kids, teachers. I am the first one that will get on a, you know, email and be like, this is completely inappropriate. Why did you just give my kid uh, um, assignment where she had to talk about the benefits of slavery? There are no benefits. Like literally none. We have enslaved people. That is not an appropriate thing. We're not defending what our forefathers did because it was completely inappropriate. Okay, hold on, hold on. You're you're about to get fiery. Now, are you just pulling that because of the, the, the situation that happened last week in Florida or was your daughter actually given an assignment like that? My daughter was actually given an assignment where it was to say like, basically we're the, the founders of the U.S. like, we're okay with having slavery and like enslaving people, why it was okay. And then like, why it wasn't okay. And I'm, okay. Like, so to give it okay. a, compar- a comparison and contrast. Okay. Well, yeah, but still not okay. Uh, no, it's not okay. I, I'm not, def- Never mind. I, <laughs> I don't want, I know that people watch this episode, they'll click what I'm about to say next is be like, Oh, Bruce was for slavery. No, no. <laughs> I'll just say economists will find a reason why it was beneficial, but it was not, beneficial you know what you could just pay people you can pay people to do the work you, you know you, that that could 
be a thing as well. Yeah, it, was, of, it was beneficial for white enslavers. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was beneficial for their ass. They got rich. They got rich off <laughs> yes. of it. Um, you, you already, I could tell that you actually read the questions. Ladies and gentlemen, before I interview anybody, I actually send them the questions ahead of time just so they have an idea of what we're going to speak, speak about. I'm giving y'all a peek behind the curtain. It, I, it is clear that Megan has, I don't know, really studied the question lineup because you answered the question that I was about to ask next without me actually answer asking it, which is going, which is discombobulating me. And I don't know where I want to go next, but I, I think, I think this is where I'm going to go next with all the travel and all the work that, that you do and that you've done with the kids. How do you balance work and family? My kids always come first. There is no balance. Um, I love my students at school um, and they get the best of me for the time I'm there and the best of me when I need to prep at home. But ultimately my kids, like I find like my kids are the ones who are going to remember if I'm there or not. Yeah, that's true. They are going to be the ones that know if I'm at my son's track meet. Like, and I've been super lucky. I, um, it's important to me to work for principals who value that. Like my principal now, anything, if I'm like, Oh, I need to, you know, I'll be 30 minutes late. I got to take my kid here. No problem. Like I got you, like your kids are the most important people to you. So that for me is, is what's important. And mm-hmm. I have very little time with my kids. So they work as a job, I, a job I do love. Um, but my kids are my heart. They are my purpose on earth. Um, I will forever say being a mom was the only thing I've ever wanted to be when I grew up. Um, <laughs> and it's Aww. true. I tell my kids that all the time. So I, I mean, the past two years I've worked two jobs um, and I've been in grad school. And the worst part of it is I would not sit and eat dinner with my kids. So that's mm. something that I, this year I can't do. I, I love that time. That's when I get to hear about their day and and whatever else they want to talk about. And so it's really making sure that they have time with me because someday soon they're not going to be here. <laughs> they're going to be out living their lives like they should be. Someday real soon. Real soon. Yes. The oldest <laughs> is entering in his senior year. He's got one more year left under mama. And then he's going to uh, go off to school. And you know how it is when we go off to school. We don't really want to come back home. Because he loves his mom, he okay. he he is he he worries about his mom. He worries about his sisters. He he likes to take care of us all, so he'll come home. <laughs> okay, um, I feel like you already did this, but I want I'm looking for something real specific. Can you share a heartwarming or inspiring moment from not only your teaching career, but also your journey as a mother? Ooh. Yeah. No. Um, honestly, I think so. I'm not one of these parents that are like, my kid is my friend. Like, I'm the mom. I don't need to be your friend. Right. Um, but, but yesterday, my oldest was like talking about his Insta stories, his close friend. And he was saying to his sister, like, isn't mom on your close friend? She's on my close friends. Like, and just having like kids who really feel that they can trust me and talk to me that. I am still the parent and I'm going to, you know, get in on you if you're not doing what you should be doing, but having kids that really can talk with me, that's always been something as a mom I've wanted. And Mm -hmm. I always try to be that same way with my students. So like when, like when I have a student that's like, Oh, like you're the only person I can talk to. Like, sure. I want them to have a lot of people to talk to. I think it's important. Kids have someone they can talk to, but that's, that's important. Or when I have a family that says like, you know, I wasn't really sure of you at the beginning of the year, but like, I realized. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just funny you, to me. You know, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure about your ass at the beginning of the year, but you're all right. You good people. Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes like I, I come across like I have a resting bitch face. Like I come across like this is it. Um, but I love to be able to develop those relationships with families and have them be like, or have a, have a relationship with a family who I have to sometimes be the first person that told them their child isn't 
learning at a typical rate. Mm -hmm. And so those times when I have a parent say to me, like, you made this journey okay, like, that's important to me, right? Because I always try to think of like, how would I feel on the other side of this table? And like my son just got diagnosed with ADHD. Like I missed it with my own kid. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I probably, yeah. I've missed it with myself too, but just like those, those times are when I'm like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's always all about the kids. And that for me is my purpose. Like I want our kids to grow up and be amazing people. And so uh, that was a great answer to a question I did not answer. <laughs> ask I asked for a specific moment. A you specific? gave me a, you gave me a really generalized. It was a great answer. It was a I great answer, but it was really know, generalized. I but this is the thing. I don't know if I have like a very specific moment because they that happen have been all it the time. With the, that could have been it. The, the moment about teaching could have been it where the parent was like, "I don't know about your ass at the beginning of the year, but." you know what? You are right. Like that's, that's a moment right there. Yeah. I mean, I guess like that's just, <laughs> I mean, things happen all the time. <laughs> okay. There isn't anything that, okay. That's cool. Cause that, I guess that was a moment that, that he's like, that you're on his closest friends lists. And he's like, you're, you know, you, your mom's not on your closest friends. Cause my mom's not on my closest friends list. There's a lot of things. I'm like, you, you know my Instagram stories. A lot of stuff I don't want my mom to see on there. Uh, yeah, she's and I'm probably grown. better not being on there. Yeah, no, and I'm grown, and I don't want my mama to understand that stuff. But okay, so I, those are the... I'm not on his closest Snap friend story. Let's just be real honest. Yeah, a younger yeah. generation. But I mean, it really is. Or when they just say, like, you're always there. Like, <laughs> I... the Probably the most recent... like and. As a parent, right, I've had 17 years of amazing memories with my kids, like this mm -hmm. heartwarming thing. I I think the most recent one, man, my girls probably were like, you are really your son's biggest hype man. Um, <laughs> my son set a rec uh, goal at the end at for the beginning of indoor season, for outdoor season to go a sub two minute, 800 meters. For anyone that knows running, that's a pretty great standard. If you go mm -hmm. sub two minutes, you're you're okay mm -hmm. um he ended up getting hurt the first meet of outdoor and was out for almost the whole season came back for counties and then regions went sub two hmm. um so that mm. was probably like and just like him looking at me and like that was this thing that like i knew how hard he was going to be working and i've been like with him so that like but it's all these little things or when i hear like my daughter get her like just have her voice be like oh yeah i had to tell this person or like i um you know set up this this in in middle school she decided to set up a a club because there wasn't a club kind of a diverse club for people so she's like oh i'm gonna sit with the principal and do that so those are the big moments for me is when i see my kids getting their voice or setting goals and accomplishing them Okay. All right. That that's a the first answer was good. That's a that's a better answer. Like okay. All right. Uh that's all the questions I had. How do you think this experience for you went? It's only been 6 months of finally getting you on here, but I finally did. And for somebody that's my friend and has known me for a long time that supports this show. Uh I thought that you would have been on here sooner. Uh but like you said earlier, you know, Life, it, life. Yeah, you know, I might have used life a little bit as a crutch. I was a little bit nervous. Um, I'm an extreme introvert, and I don't like talking in front of people or to people. So, yeah, but but these these situations, you know, I tell all the guests, and and you listen to the show. They're conversations, they're interviews, but they're conversations. It's it's just like back in the day where we were either at each other's house or we were in Cornerstone. Chit chatting, it's the exact same. It just the language has been toned down. We ain't cussing as much on here. That's all. That that right there is a real stretch for me. <laughs> yeah, I know you already said the B word, and I'm debating whether or not I'm gonna cut it or if I'm gonna keep it in. I'm I was sorry. That's all right. That's all right. So as a one parting message to people that I have a lot of people who are young parents, people that are expecting. 
what would be a bit of advice that you would give for those people as as their children get older and the children start to enter in teenage years and just the beginning years of parenting? What advice would you give to parents? Beginning years? If you survive, you've made it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, like, and I think there's a saying, right, that says, um, when you have a baby, everyone has an opinion right? Everybody can tell you how to take care of a baby. When you get to be a teen, a teen parent, we just look at each other and go, good luck to you. Mm. And so I think like when you have a baby, right? If you can't do anything wrong, right? If you're, however you feed them, you're feeding them. However you love them and nurture them, you're loving and nurturing them. As long as you're doing those things, you're okay with the baby. Um, when you have a teen, it's different. And I think a lot of times, like we want to control our teens. Mm. Um, we really like, we've had so much control when they're little that we want to still hold on to that control. My best advice is to start to let go. Mm. As, as often as they're going to make mistakes, they're going to make stupid decisions. They're going to do things that you're going to go like, why, why are they doing this? But you have to let them go because for me, I always think like, I want them to make bad decisions while they're still in a controlled environment. Ah, that's yeah. Okay. Because when they get older, they're going to make bad decisions. And I want them to think a little bit more before they start to make those decisions for themselves. Cause I can't be there with them. Mm. And I think just also like keeping that communication open, right? Like we can, I can get mad at my son. I can tell him, you know, or my daughter and tell him they're not making good choices. They did something that was like completely ridiculous. They're sneaking out the house and I'm going to knock them out, whatever. Like, but ultimately like, I need to have that conversation about why. And so my son is very much like, don't just tell me no, don't just tell me I can't do this, have a conversation. And I think it, that part is hard. We still want to control and we want to be the parent and we can be the parent while having conversations with our kids. And especially as they get older, like holding, ha letting them have some control. They need to have control of their life. So that's my biggest for teens, but also just good luck. <laughs> So on that note, I want to thank you. Thank you for finally coming on the show. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for your friendship for over 20 years. And we still running. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Although I should have said I wanted your sister to do it since I really want her to be my best friend. <laughs> Everybody is in love with my sister. Everybody, you know, I, I'm I'm so glad that I am just secure in who I am because the name of the show is Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. But <laughs> damn it if I everybody I know, but damn it if everybody want to put Jay Andrea on there, she she will uh, quickly tell everybody. She's a weekly guest, even though she's a co-host. <laughs> that's what she doesn't want to admit. She's a co-host. But yes, um, she's pretty cool. But th but thank you for the compliment. I guess there was a compliment for me in there as well, uh, I guess. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> no, you you know I love you. I just had to yeah. give you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. And good thing that, you know, I'm tough and my feelings aren't hurt. <laughs> but I love you too. Once again, I want to thank Megan for coming on the show. Uh, a little insight to, to our banter. Like I said, she's one of my closest friends. I've known her since college. I've known her for over 20 years. She knows about all my dirt in college, all of it. We ain't getting on that about this on, on, uh, on this episode. We didn't talk about that, nor where y'all going to get the information on her dirt. That's just not what we're doing here. Uh, but once again, I want to thank her for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have a website, unsolicitedperspectives.com. It gives you all the information about our podcast. You can find all our audio and all of our video episodes on there, where you can find them on your phones. You can leave a review on there. Uh, once again, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have some YouTube exclusive television uh, episodes with our rapid re uh, reflections. Uh, Patreon. There's over 40 episodes on our Patreon page for Talking Straight-ish and After Hours Uncensored with my sister. So if y'all love the episodes with my sister on the Sibling Happy Hour, the After, after Hours Uncensored 
Those are episodes with my sister that are exclusively to the Patreon page. Uh, uncensored, real, unfiltered, raw. Join it. Also, our store will be going live on August the 1st where you could get merch. It'll just be t-shirts in the, in the beginning, but we'll build out more merch as I design more and more stuff. But yeah, like, subscribe, comment, leave reviews on the websites or on YouTube or wherever you get the audio podcast. And until next time, as always, I'll holla. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, Audi 5000. Peace.